time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello, and welcome to episode 135, Protect and Nourish Your Lungs for Better Immunity. In our last episode, I spoke about lung health and immunity, and today I'd like to extend that further on ways to protect and nourish your lungs. So knowing the importance of lung health is mandatory, actually, when we're talking about better immunity. A well-nourished lung has abundant what we call lung energy, which manifests as strong physical vitality, as I mentioned in our last episode. Our immunity is strong, so recovery from illness is quick and actually effective, and the skin is clear and moist. We want to look at protecting and nourishing the lung through food today because lung issues can come from many different sources. And today, let's speak generally about protecting and purifying the lung because it depends what's really manifesting. So I'm going to be very general when I talk about foods because we have to keep in mind when we talk about foods that support the lung, we're also including foods that support the colon since both go hand in hand. You know, the lung and colon work together as a team, one taking in the pure and the other eliminating the waste. And if these organs fail to do their jobs, you know, you might experience physical ailments, you know, of the lung and colon, such as bronchitis, shortness of breath, cough, allergies, nasal congestion, emphysema, cold, sore throat, it goes on and on. And then constipation, diarrhea, spastic colon, and even abdominal pain. So keep in mind that they do go hand in hand. And that's the physical aspect that I just gave you. But what happens to our mind and spirit if waste keeps building up and we're unable to take in pure energy through our breath and through our lungs, in other words? You know, how are we going to feel? Well, instead of feeling tranquility and inspiration, you know, that spontaneity, you know, that spontaneity that we have, that feeling of getting out of bed in the morning, we may feel depressed, stubborn, you know, we're not able to really let go of things. We may feel isolated or even negativity. And we see the dark side in everything, all the things that could go wrong. And I'm sure we've all been in that state or maybe not, or we might have experienced someone else in that state. You know, of course, that's not our top choice on how to feel, right? Or even act. And, uh, you know, it's the same way we wouldn't want to choose to have constipation, right? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Remember, I always say, the mind and body are one. But when we're faced with conditions of imbalance, that's what happens. And as I always say, remember our mind and body are one. It's much easier to be uplifted and feel vital when the body is balanced. You know, let's look a little further. If we view our body as a community of different organs and functions in that, in that category, it's easy to see how any organ can break down if its waste isn't removed. I don't think anybody would even argue with that. If we look at this view, we can see how just treating a symptom doesn't get to the root cause of an ailment. And in many cases, the ailment surfaces again and again. 
we must find the cause, as I always said in the, actually the resilience training that I did when I uh, had uh, gone and done something with the Department of Defense, I talked about resilience in one of the major things I've always said, and I say it in everything, root up the cause and restore function. And if the cause is an imbalance in the lung that, you know, that is the lung is unable to take in its pure energy or the colon's unable to eliminate waste, we have to find out what's causing that, but then we must restore that function. Then the resulting symptoms will improve regardless of how they manifest. And that's why I brought it up and I'm bringing up the resilience training here is because I really had to sit down and say, what really prevents us from being resilient, from really getting back into a healthy body, healthy mind-body complex? And that's when I, that's why I brought that up. That's when I really sat down and said, oh, I have to root up the cause and restore function, giving people two steps instead of a whole list of things of how to really heal heal themselves. So let's turn and see what foods are really useful in supporting lung health. And again, this is just a generality that I'm going to give you with some ideas, and perhaps you can incorporate some into your diet. You know, many foods have an essence that supports the lung and of course the partner, the large intestine, mainly I'm talking about the colon, especially when we talk about foods with some spicy to it, spiciness to it, and what we call white foods. You know, an acupuncturist might use those terms and they may prescribe foods for, you know, patients when they're trying to build strong lung function. So let's look at a list of protective and purifying foods. First, I put on the list with the pungent foods. Now, remember, pungent is not for everyone because it may dry you out too much. You have to be very skillful in how you use foods, you know, because it's one of the dry, you know, one of dry heat. It actually uh, dries up if you're, if you find yourself with a lot of mucus and a lot of phlegm or anything in the, where you can't breathe that well, it's, the pungent taste is very good for that. And it is found in spicy foods and many herbs and spices, as I had said. It's usually created, uh, you know, by the presence of some aromatic volatile oils, resins, uh, some mustard, glycosides, and they stimulate the tissues and nerve endings of the mouth with a sensation of heat. So keep in mind though, that pungent foods are not helpful for all constitutions. These foods are beneficial if you have a lot of mucus, as I mentioned, or if you have weak digestion, otherwise it would be too drying for you. I use, I've told you this in a former podcast uh, where we were talking in an episode on digestive function, where I spoke about trichotu, which are three pungent spices black pepper, long pepper, and ginger. And sometimes if I feel like I may have a cold coming on or something that's causing congestion, I may, you know, steep a little bit of tea with that and it dries up the extra dampness in the body. And that means if you have dampness, if you tend to be dry, you wouldn't be doing something like that. So some foods would be onion, garlic, white peppercorns, ginger, uh, turnips, uh, daikon radish is also good. And that's just naming a few. You could make some soups uh, with those types of spices and uh, roots, root vegetables in there. Mucilaginous foods help to support the mucous membranes in the lung and the colon. These plants remove old, thick mucoid deposits, and they tend to replace them with a new clean coating, if you want to think of it that way. And some of the best known foods are the seaweeds and specific herbs and seeds. 
Some examples of this are kombu, marshmallow root, flaxseed, fenugreek, and I use roasted fenugreek in some of my vegetable dishes. In fact, I just had some this morning before recording this episode. It really helps, and it also helps to balance digestion. Another food on the list is the dark green and orange yellow vegetables. And why? Because they're rich in beta carotene, which is a pro-vitamin A. You know, pro-vitamin A gets converted to vitamin A. And research has shown that foods with beta carotene protect the lungs and colon and enhance immunity. Here we have our kale, collards, mustard greens, blue-green algae, and several herbs. And then we move on to fiber. You know, now we can see a lot of overlap here, right? Because I just mentioned, you know, collards, kale, you know, any of the green leafies, of course, they have fiber. But we get our fiber from fresh fruits and vegetables, and they contain the fiber. But we can also take a look at fiber more intimately. You know, there's both insoluble and soluble fibers, and they reduce the uh, incidence of some cancers, depending on if we're talking about insoluble versus soluble. But we know that whole fresh fruits and vegetables contain, you know, the wheat bran, the pectin. Wheat bran would be more insoluble, pectin would be more soluble, and the soluble pectin, you know, found in carrots, fruits, and vegetables. And again, they all have their benefits. So it's best, as you have heard before, eat a wide variety of vegetables and whole grains. I'm suggesting more organic if you can do that or grow your own. And, you know, for those that use whole grains, you could include them in your diet. If not, vegetables are a great source. And in summary, I'd like to just summarize what we're talking about with lung here. A lung supportive style of eating attends to both the aesthetics of food and gives food a high value, you know, in a daily life. The quality um, and respect for the importance of food and, you know, just having some simple rituals of eating set the tone for supporting the lung, not just eating while we're driving. In other words, we sit down, we uh, are grateful for the food that we have and how it's been harvested and, and grown and all of that really makes a difference on lung health. Remember, lung governs our prawn, our ki, our chi, however we want to say that, our vital energy. So a lung nourishing approach to food includes many foods and they call them ki tonics. And, uh, and they're fresh foods, they're alive, and they have a high, really a high value of subtle energy and a diet high in fresh organic vegetables, as I mentioned, organic, with some sprouted seeds or grains, if you'd like, is helpful. And lung also needs protein. Now, I'm not advocating animal protein here, but protein in general, which is a certain uh, sequence of amino acids. And when we crave protein, I know many of my friends have said to me, sometimes they just crave protein. And that's often an indication of lung key deficiency. Now, this isn't a talk or an episode on pranayama and when we do those classes, but whenever we have lung key deficiency, when we really develop a pranayama practice and we really start working with our pranic field through breath, we could also lift up that lung key deficiency. And if we look at foods, though, let's go back to that. I just wanted to put that in there that it's not, you know, it's not devoid. I'm not just saying food is the only way. The best protein for lung is generally low-fat foods such as tempeh, tofu, again, non-GMO tofu, beans, and if people are meat eaters, some white meat, one with less fat. That's why I'm using the word white. 
When tolerated, which is rare in this case, but dairy products can also strengthen lung health. But as I said, in many cases, it does cause congestion and a buildup of phlegm and mucus. And in this case, you can use goat or sheep products if you like that, but you want to minimize uh, dairy because it does create a problem. And some pungent flavored foods are also helpful, as I mentioned. They'll stimulate the lungs and stimulate the function of the lung itself. And But we want to keep in check all those foods that cause congestion, like heavy fatty foods and a lot of foods that are processed or denatured. You know, very heavy to digest. Even eggs, very, very heavy to digest. And lastly, the white and light colored foods resonate with the lungs. So radishes, I mentioned daikon, radish, white meats, white mushrooms, all tend to have some benefit. And as I always say, do your research. You know, do the research, what feels right for you. I'm always available if people want to talk to me or you want me to do an episode on something related to diet or you can consult with me privately. But do your research. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And if you'd like to be notified weekly for new podcasts, please subscribe. The Susan Taylor Podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and also on SusanTaylor.org, where you can click on the podcast to subscribe. And contact us at SusanTaylor.org if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. And thank you again for listening. Again, the Susan Taylor Podcast does come out every week. Any questions or comments, please send them my way. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.